If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. G-A-L D. E-M-G-A-L-D-E-M. This song is good. Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, Welcome to, to our podcast, podcast Growing, Growing Up with Galdem. So today we are joined by our dear friend and the incredible director, filmmaker, writer, fashion stylist Basma, who believes in creating and telling stories about and for underrepresented youth 
for our generation um, in particular. And she speaks to cultures, heritage and sectors within society um, that she feels kind of moulds the future of the world that we live in and the world that we know. And her work across the board basically seeks to empower creatives and encourages others to explore their identities. So she is someone who does many, 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 many things. Um, We're really excited to have you on the show today. Thanks. I really like hearing my own intro. It's kind of fun. (laughs) Does Does it make you reflect positively back on the sort of stages in your career or is it... I just, I think it's, it's, intros are funny, right? Because they're a bit gobbledygooky. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just words. It's just lots of words. But I think when people try to be like, she does this, 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 and this, I'm just like, lol. Like, (laughs) this is a bit, this is a bit of a laugh, isn't it? That I just do all these things that I shouldn't be doing all these things, but I am. So yeah, no, it's nice to hear. Basically, you're a legend. So let's begin. (laughs) Coming from Liv Little of all people, but okay, I'll take it. (laughs) Definitely a legend. How has this sort of transitionary period slightly moving out of lockdown being for you has have things changed are you still sort of mainly hanging out solo or what's going on in your life to be honest I kind of will happily remain solo for as long as I can (laughs) (laughs) I just am quite enjoying like just being with myself and like hanging out with myself and making my own decisions and making my own lunches and dinners every day I like I like solitude um I think before lockdown, it was a lot of go to this event, go to that event, go to Shoreditch House, go to Soho House, go to this meeting, go to that meeting. And like that tube is not that fun. So bought myself a bike and now I just cycle if I want to. And otherwise I happily stay in the house all day. I'm lucky I have a back garden. So I don't, I have air, which is really nice. Mm. But yeah, I'm ner- I'm actually really nervous about the the incoming release that we're all going to have from our houses but I don't know second lockdown might happen so let's not all get there too quick might happen guys I'm happy to not have to go into central London for a long time to be honest don't need it don't want it no I thought about that but then the other day I did read an article that basically said like if people don't if everyone continues to work from home our economy is going to go to crap because these prets and itsies and whatever else they might just be little coffee shops that we don't care about but actually like People's livelihoods depend on these places. So I was a bit like, not everyone, the world can't work if everyone just works from home forever. So I am a bit nervous about that, I'd say. But um, yeah, I just felt a bit, I bit, felt a bit sad for people that are losing their livelihoods. I think it's very easy for us to be like, oh, this is great. For sure, for sure, for sure. I've definitely, I think, been feeding my share of money into the uh, food economy still. I don't <laughs> think that's slowed. <laughs> and I think to Charlie, it's the same. And I think, but but no, I do, I do hear what you're saying. I think this this period has been really interesting for you, right? Because you've kind of. Um, been making these like changes to your career in terms of the things that you've been working on and you've been making your kind of you made your directorial debut I guess um and so what has it been like kind of I guess like reshifting a little bit what it is that you've what you've been working on the thing is lockdown happened and I literally was like oh crap like I need to be out in the world to be able to make money because I like make documentaries or I'm styling or I'm doing these things that involve literally physically being there in person directing actually was a bit of I never use the word luck I don't think anything's reliant on luck I think it's hard work and the right place at the right time I think it's unfair when people are just like I was lucky because you weren't you worked to get there so I definitely don't think it was luck but I think it was the power of timing and I do believe in that so I it was it's weird if I'm honest when I now think back I've got 
Yes, I made a directorial debut, but it wasn't really. It was like about 90 seconds long. But I've got a huge piece coming out with Apple in about three weeks. And it's like 10 minutes long, maybe a bit shorter. And I think that when that comes out, I'm going to be like, oh, hey, I became a director in lockdown. I just added another thing to my, <laughs> how did I do yeah. this? So that's, it's weird. Like how did, I don't really know when I became a director. Like I just, it kind of just happened. But I think that's an extension of storytelling anyway. It, maybe it was always going to be a natu- natural progression, but it just kind of happened earlier. Mm-hmm. Have you enjoyed being a director more than being directed or is it just a different Ooh. a different um yeah a different thing <laughs> good question I really miss being in front of screen I'm not gonna lie then the narcissist in me really misses being in front of screen <laughs> <laughs> no I miss I do miss talking to people like yeah I like being solitude and I like being by myself but like I love talking to people I love I find people and their stories fascinating so I have missed that actually I, I've missed being in front of camera and being able to tell stories Directing is just a whole different kettle of fish because it's not just directing, it's also managing a team and managing people. And when you don't really know, not that you don't know how to direct, because a lot of it is just being able to say what you want, but it's just, it's a whole new skill set that I'm learning on the job. And I never want to say, you know, to people who are directors their whole lives or have went to film school and all these things who've worked really hard at this, I definitely have found myself in a very beautiful position, but it's not without its challenges, I'd have to say. It's, it's been pretty hard. Mm. C- could you tell us any more about the, the those two projects that you've been working on, the 90 seconds and the 10-minute one, or are they, are they still under wraps? I mean, they're probably going to they're gonna come out, like, in the next two weeks anyway. <laughs> um, I, when is this coming out? Because then I'll be able to know. This is coming out on Thursday. Oh, very soon. But you can talk about the first piece that was released during lockdown. Yeah, I can. So basically I did a piece, um, I co-directed a piece with Mabdul um, based around Ramadan and the way it's being perceived and like the taboos and whatever else and how beautiful Ramadan can actually be. And off the back of that, I was basically asked to write something. And if I wrote something, what would it sound like? And I just took pen to paper and wrote like a spoken word piece that I'd never done before. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to write this. And suddenly it became like this little mini whirlwind and... um, they ended up giving me budget to make it into like a little film and that ended up needing to get signed off by like Mark Zuckerberg which is mad um and Sheryl Sandberg so I didn't see that coming um that kind of blew me out of the water a little bit and then Apple came to me and asked me to direct a legacy film around some events they're doing over the summer and then Facebook came back to me and asked me to direct a little project they're doing around um Gen Z so it definitely um more work than I thought I would have and kind of caught me off guard a little bit but it's um yeah it's good so would you would you be able to read out um Basma could you read out your snippet um that you shared with us the little kind of um note from your phone yeah of course I can so I wrote I'd like to be able to step outside of me just so I could guide the journey does that make sense I just want to see beyond me to know if I'm on the right path see the ending so I know what's going to happen I'm the anxious overthinker, the phone checker, the trips to the kitchen, the constant WhatsApps, the one who watches Netflix while also watching an Insta story and YouTube at the same time, trying to do it all makes doing one thing tricky. But I have to do it all because one day I might be doing nothing. It's exhausting, you know, doing nothing. It's more exhausting than doing everything. Thank you so much. Gosh, that that really hits. 
<laughs> Honestly, I'm looking at Charlie and thinking, oh, I see Charlie in this. And I'm also looking at me and thinking, oh, maybe I see me in this. <laughs> I was going to say, I was literally like pointing at the screen at Liv <laughs> as you were reading it. Like, I know that you guys couldn't see that, but that's who I was thinking of. Um, but yes, it definitely resonates. When did you write this and, and how does it feel to reflect on it? I actually wrote this a couple of weeks ago. I, um, when Liv was like, oh, we, you know, could you read something or whatever? And I was like, God, I write a lot. I write notes on my phone when I'm on the tube. I write in the airplane. I write like, I, I never write when I'm free to write. I only write when I'm too busy to write. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think does. that just speaks, it speaks to this piece that I feel like, I've been on a treadmill of working towards being busy so I can complain about being busy for my whole career, which is, um, I think all of us, when you're freelancers or when you're trying to start out. Mm. It's quite poetic that as well. It's like the poetic, maybe inner workings of the mind of of a workaholic. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 the life. <laughs> that's the life. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I find speaking in rhythm easier to express how I feel when I talk in in like a rhyme rather than just like writing. That's why I think I wouldn't be able to write a book. But I think why I can write spoken word or write poetry or something like that. I love that that comes so naturally to you and how you just you just cracked that out and then suddenly it was in front of Mark Zuckerberg, obviously not this piece, but um, for Ramadan. I really resonated w- with what you said about, um, oh, I'm going to forget the exact wording now, but like what you said about... I think it probably was the end bit. What did I say at the end, which yeah. was... How it's more exhausting doing nothing. Yeah, it's exhausting, you know, doing nothing. It's more exhausting than doing everything. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think that that feeling of like overthinking and like think like because whenever there's a pause I know Liv does, does this as well I'll I'll do everything in my power to fill it up and then I'll feel overwhelmed and it's this constant cycle of like you know that back and forth and and it's it's nice to see that written down and articulated in such a poetic way as we were saying I think oh thank you Bas I wanted to ask like why do you think we find it so hard to step into those moments of either solitude or quietness or just being less manic in in a sense like why is that so damn difficult to do because I think we've all been raised as black women to know that we have to fight to get to where we want to get to and when you the fight is put upon you you know you got to keep fighting because once you take your foot off that gas you could lose the gas and I think that's always the way I've kind of been. I It's just a kind of case of if I give up, this, is gonna, this isn't just going to stop. It's going to go backwards. And I can't afford for it to go backwards. I can afford to slow down, but I can't afford to go, for it to go backwards. And I'm not mm. willing to take that risk. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So if that then means I have to keep pushing forward as a, and you know, put my mental health or my emotional health or my physical health on the line, going forward is worth more than stopping. And I think that's for all of us. I think we all have that sort of fire that we've been raised with, that society has given us, that means that we don't have a choice. It's almost ingrained into us. But is it is it entirely is it entirely true that idea that that if we pause, you you know, that we can't pause for a moment, or do we need to unlearn a little bit of that? Mm, I think it is kind of true, as sad as it is to say. Like, I don't think this world allows for pause anymore. I don't think, I don't think we live in a pause kind of world. 
Um, unless you're taking a holiday, which obviously everyone, that's when your pause is. I don't even think I pause on holiday because as a freelancer, holidays aren't a thing. Holidays are just a chance for you to miss out on money. <laughs> I never go on a holiday and don't feel anxious. And I don't think I've ever been on a holiday where I haven't been offered a job while I've been on holiday. I've been like, if I didn't take this holiday, I could have done this job. So that, I think that freelancing sort of mentality or that creative mentality of like keep to keep going yeah I do sadly I don't know when you do pause it's terrifying but does all of this feel like work I love what I do I love I live and breathe what I do half the time I'm having a good time it's not like I'm sitting in an office true but then that is also part of the problem isn't it because when you love what you do and you're so invested in it and you have a passion for it and you enjoy it there's no, there are no sort of boundaries or there are no sort of like clearly delineated lines. And for me, I think I've actively tried to lean into this space where I'm like, I am trying to delineate between these things because I know what the impact of me not doing that does then for me and my mental capacity and things. Yeah, but even if we think about it, even for you guys, like here's a question for you guys. In the last nine months that we've, let's say we've been in lockdown since January because we never really got to have any sort of normality this year. When was a time that any of us took more than a weekend off in nine months. I actually took five days. <laughs> yeah, but, but Liv, what were you doing? What were you doing in those five days? She she wrote she wrote twenty thousand words <laughs> of a book. Okay, sorry. Okay, you know what? That's actually interesting. Charlie, I know, has absolutely not done more than probably a day. Is that not mad? Yeah, I mean... Like, is that is that not crazy? Yeah, it's not good, though. It's not good. What what I'm interested to know, Basma, is, like, what would, like, younger you... What was younger you like? Were they, were they even more sort of energised? Were they even more on the go? Were they even more of a workaholic? Or, or did you kind of build up to this place of being able to juggle and handle multiple things and sort of... You know what? When... Um, this is actually... Uh, and I haven't really talked about it. When Black Lives Matter happened, uh, me and my brothers decided to sit down with my mom and sit down with my dad and have uncomfortable conversations that we've never had our whole lives with them about like their experiences and our experiences. And it's the first time I've ever talked to my dad about race, considering he's a male black gynecologist living in a very white female world. Um, We just never had those conversations about the things he went through. And he was going through me and my siblings and sort of saying things about us. And the one thing he said about me is he was like, you are the youngest and the only girl, but the only one I was never worried about because from the day you were born, you always were just a little bit ballsier than you could even handle. <laughs> so yeah, I've, yeah, I've always had this like fight or flight mentality, but the flight has always been like a liftoff. It's never been like flight to leave. Flight's just always been like, well, I'm going somewhere still. So there's never been an option to not go forward. I've never, when people are like, oh, if you're struggling, take a break or whatever. And I'm like, take a break and do what? Like, you want me just to sit around? Like, what's that? What's the resolve of taking a break? Which is not that healthy of mentality. But I've never, um, I think from a very young age, I think it comes from knowing that I, I was, you know, trying to get bullied. I'd say a lot of people tried to bully me and I very much was like, well, then let's do this. Okay, cool. Well, like, what have you got to say? Because like, I'll, I'll go head to head with you. So I always had this very bulldozer mentality, which obviously got me in quite a lot of trouble when I was younger, because I didn't know how to manage it. And I definitely got um, 
got a lot of tellings off when I was younger. <laughs> um, but I think as an adult, I've learned to think before I speak and learn that no, the world isn't against you. It can work for you and it can work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With you. And I think those are maybe things I didn't know when I was younger. I felt like everyone was against me. So I had to work solidly to prove that I could handle the world being against me in a sense. I'm kind of also quite interested in this idea of like you feeling like, you know, you need to know what's coming or like you would love to be able to step outside of yourself and have that oversight on what is coming. Have you always been like that? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the, is that not the overthinker mentality, right? That's the like, you almost want to conquer the world, but like you got to, you got to do the conquering part to conquer the world. And in my head, I'm just like, well, I kind of want to see what like conquering the world looks like so that I can work backwards. I'm very much like work backwards kind of person. I'd like to see the end result and be able to work backwards. But that isn't life. And you can't you can't actually you can't actually do that. So, yeah, I've always and what what I worry about that thought process is that I miss the journey. 
and I miss the fun part, which is this part, which is all this fun stuff that I get to do because I'm so concerned about what the end result will or will will or won't look like. So I'm really trying to practice sort of being in the moment. But I think owning to our social media lives that we all live, it's really hard to live in a moment where, you know, someone can pass away next week, but someone already passed away last week. So we're over the person who passed away last week because we have to move on to the next person. And laugh, I think life just moves faster than we really are able to grasp it. And I find that quite hard to deal with because I can't figure out, I need time to figure out what I feel. Yeah, for but sure. the word, the world doesn't allow us. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it sounds like you know, even with the conversations you manage, you managed to carve out with your parents and your, say, your brother as well, that you took a step back from the social media discourse and and opened that up for your family. And I'd love to hear a bit more about that because I I know that for a lot of people that was something they had to do, and I'm I'm sure, yeah, it was it was. Yeah, those difficult conversations, huh? not even, you know, with my family or with my white girlfriends or like with anyone in my life that I've never had a conversation about race about. I took myself off social media. Even now, I still have now Instagram on my phone, but I've turned off all notifications everywhere because I just think I it's all consuming. And every so often, every few days, I'll delete the app and then I can only look at it on my laptop just to give myself a breather. But I think having an inquisitive personality and being a filmmaker means that intrinsically, naturally, I'm fascinated by people, even if they're my parents, even if they're my brothers. Like even, you know, I've known my brothers my whole life. I've known my parents my whole life. But I'm fascinated about the way they see the world, just in the same way I'm fascinated by the way you guys see the world. I think that's just my personality. So when the conversation of race came up with BLM I think it if anything I was like I am just really fascinated to see how they saw the world through their eyes as first generation immigrants who brought little kids to the UK and no one spoke English and we had no idea what we were doing and they were just trying to survive while trying to raise us in a world they had no idea about so what I really wanted to know was the things my parents shielded us from that we never knew and I think at now 30, I'm now 30, it's interesting to have those conversations of like, what don't we know? What did you guys go through that we, we aren't aware of? And that was unsettling, but brought us closer together. Because I don't think families have conversations about race. I don't think black families even, we just all know it's there. We're all, we're all aware, but no one talks about it. I honestly don't think that I necessarily had... Um those sort of in-depth conversations or understandings of what it was that my mum experienced or my grandma experienced until I got to a certain age. And I actually started to see those people as individual people and not just my mum and not just my grandmum and not just my dad because they've all really been through it. My dad's been through it being a kid who was left at 10 in Jamaica and like leaving school and his mum coming here and having all that feeling of just being neglected and left and then coming to the UK and you yeah. sound Jama- and all of these things and my grandma being a single woman in the time that she was a single black woman with all of mm-hmm. these children and all of this stuff and I just think it's so important that we that we do we do archive or we do have those conversations and we do even if it's just passing it down like as as a form of oral history I think it's so important and it and it makes so much sense there's so much that I learn about my mum and why she made the decisions that she did make and Mm -hmm. who didn't didn't nurture her and her blackness and her talent and why she didn't pursue certain things or why she looked at other things or 
So I just think, yeah. Yeah, because I think also also what that does is it should you then understand why she treats you the way she treats you. You know, and I think that's the lesson. Like sometimes when my parents have done stuff in my childhood, I'm like, Ugh, why can't I go sleep over at my best friend's house? Why can't I do this? Why can't I wear that skirt? Why can't I do this? And now as an adult, like they always used to be like, when you're an adult, you'll understand. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to be really angry forever. <laughs> and now as an adult, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Oh, I get Oh, I understand. Yeah. Was there anything particularly surprising that you learned in these recent conversations about any things that, you know, they went through or, or they sort of shielded you from? Well, I think I learned a lot about my dad and how, I guess, a lot of white women didn't want to be treated by him because he was a, a black African gynecologist and they were like, no, we don't want you coming anywhere near us. And how that, how difficult that must have been for him when it was just his job. I learned about how my mom would hide us from not the racism from other kids in primary school, but the racism from the parents at the primary school. Because in the end, racism is a learned behaviour. I always have this story that my mom when we were in P7, which you're 10 when you're in P7, which we had like um, our dance, our like school dance, uh, Christmas dance. And I was like dancing with this boy called James and James's mum went over to my mum. Keep in mind, I'm, I'm the only black girl in the 700 pupils anyway. Went over to my mum and went, oh, I'm just really, I'm just really thrilled that like Jason doesn't care that your daughter's black and has different colour to him. And my mum was kind of like, they're 10. So I think this is maybe your issue. I don't think uh, this is their issue as children. And she's like, no, I, you know, in a little Northern Irish way. She's like, no, I just think it's lovely that he doesn't care. And my mum was like, why, why is that surprising to you? Why do you think he should care? So it's little things like that, that like, I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know these stories of things that would happen. I didn't know that my brothers got, went to a football game and got monkey chanted, monkey chants at them when they entered the pitch. I didn't, you know, lots of things that I guess we just all never shared because we never wanted to upset each other. So it's a lot. But then obviously then it's not, but it doesn't become a shared experience. And one person carries that load, right? You feel like you're carrying the world on your shoulders. Like when we were in Northern Ireland, my mum always said, we are the only black family in this whole town and know that this entire town you you're representing the race for this entire town because their version of black is you and we're like eight nine and ten damn that's a lot to carry (laughs) that's a lot to carry yeah I want to hear about how in the midst of all of these things and these revelations and also you being someone that has all these things going on and doesn't take breaks and doesn't stop working and and is like likes to predict the future. How do you take <laughs> care of? How do you take care of the mental well-being side of, of you in your life? What does that look like? It looks like heavy strength training workouts that I do twice a day. You guys can't see it because it's a podcast, but I've got these weights sitting right beside me. <laughs> and um, I literally, when I get off this podcast, will do strength hit training for forty five minutes. And I work out for 45 minutes in the morning and 45 minutes in the evening, most days, if not at least once a day. And that is the only time that I know if I don't fully focus on what I'm doing, I'm going to injure myself. So the heavier the weight, the more focus I have to have on the weight. The more focus I have on the weight means the more time I can concentrate and not feel like I have to be connected to another device. So that's how I look after myself. As intense as that I'm sounds. Just, that's just so intense. <laughs> just like... Wow. But I really enjoy it. I just enjoy, I enjoy the me time. And also I cook. I love cooking. I love cooking and I love gardening. Like, 
just go to the plant shop and pick some plants and then try and keep them alive. I feel like the purpose of having plants is keeping something alive that isn't yourself is really nice because they need, I have this plant called Lovey and she's constantly dying on me and I'm just like, Lovey, babes, I keep giving you love and I've named you Lovey, like, please don't die on me, but she's she's, she's close, you guys. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. She is going. Is there any pieces of advice that you would like to give your younger self if you could, um, whether that's sort of you in Northern Ireland or whether that's just a few years ago when you're starting your career? Two things, I think. I would like to tell my younger self to relax a little. Just relax. It's going to be okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. But also, I think I one the biggest thing I wish I would have known, and still now I'm trying to practice, is trust the process. Trust that things happen when they are meant to happen the way they're meant to happen. Even when I filmed my documentary or when I've done this directing stuff or how, how things have kind of planned out in my life. At the time, I was like so frustrated because they weren't happening like fast enough. But actually, they were meant to happen when they're meant to happen. There is, there, there is a reason things happen the way they're meant to happen. As frustrating as it is not getting there until it gets there. Once it gets there, you'll look back and wish that you'd just trusted that it was going to get there. I want to know as well, what do you think that younger Basma would think about where you are now? Would she believe it? Would she be gassed? Would she be like, you're a nerd? Like, what, what would she be saying? <laughs> I think she'd literally be like, of course you are. You know, like with, a, with that little rolling eye emoji of like, yeah, a like, a like, of course. Like, you were always going to be that girl that just, like, kept going and kept going and, like, didn't take no for an answer, even when people were like, no, like, let it go. When I was a fashion stylist and when I was a fashion intern and when no one even batted an eyelid because I didn't fit in with the hot white girls, I was like, I need to figure this out because what am I doing? But now I think looking back on being in the fashion industry when I was 20 to now being 30 and thinking like I was living in New York City wondering what I was going to do with my life like I think that she would be like girl you did it and you were always gonna do it trust yourself trust that you know what you're doing I think now I'm in a bit of a like imposter syndrome stage because I'm like what am I doing what how have I ended up here like I don't really understand but even with you Liv you're one of the people I knew before. Obviously, you, everyone knows Liv Little. Everyone knows Liv Little from Canada. I'm like, that's kind of like your thing, right? Like, everyone knows who you are. And I always used to be like, oh, I'd really like to meet Liv one day. And now I, like, can text you and be like, oh, I know Liv. Like, five years ago, I would have been like, oh, I would love to know Liv. And there's these people in my life that now I'm like, I knew that we would get along. Yeah, genuine friendship. I feel so fortunate to to have that relationship and that connection with you and to have seen the kind of journey that you've been on as well in the past few years. Cause we just met, I think we just met at a, I think we we're at a film screening or something and you, you know, you never know with, with, with these things, but yeah, it's been beautiful to watch girl. I'm so proud of everything. It has, but for all of you guys and for, and for you guys with Galdem, like, come on. Like if the, if, the, and if anyone's pioneering an industry, it's you guys, like it's, it's just really impressive that you stuck to your guns and we're like, no, we, we know, I think that's the thing past it being Galdem for me. It's watching young women be like, we know we're worth something and we don't need the world to tell us we're worth something because we already instinctively know it. And I think that that's got such power to it. Mm -mm. I love this this little humble Charlie in the corner, award-winning journalist, just going, mm, yeah, mm, mm. 
<laughs> but it's true. <laughs> like, you guys, I hope that you guys sit back and are like, wow, we're the S-H-I-T. Because I don't know if I can swear in this podcast. <laughs> of course you can. Of course you can. <laughs> I hope Charlie, you guys know it. that. <laughs> we're the shit. Um, <laughs> we do we do, and, and we don't. You know, it's, it's that constant battle, as you just mentioned, about imposter syndrome. And I feel like um, I first wrote about imposter syndrome when Galdam was first starting out like five years ago but I don't think it's necessarily fully gone my therapist actually was saying how that I tend to sort of counteract everything positive with a more pessimistic thing and that I should you know just let the positive things lie a bit more and and just put them out into the world and be happy because I think even even while I was saying like yeah we're the shit or Galdam's the shit in my head I was thinking like here's all the other things that we need to do to to actually make ourselves the shit because we're not quite yeah. the shit yet but like actually yeah. you know what we are the shit and it's fine so but you, know, <laughs> you know what's also amazing about that Charlie and what I'm trying to figure out currently on my journey is the fact that you can even say well I know I need to still do this this and this and this so like great whereas I think where I'm at now is like okay well oh what's oh what's the next stage like how do I like what am I actually wanting the next stage to be so the fact that you can map out and say I I think we can still achieve this and this is what we need to do and this is how we need to do it is like half the battle to success I think yeah for sure that's a really good point and I think that it's that thing of allowing yourself to be ambitious right and like not letting you like once you've reached a goal so maybe it was a goal for you to to have your directorial debut or to create a documentary and then yeah like allowing yourself to move your ambitions beyond those original goals and I can imagine it's really tricky like really really tricky yeah I always say when people are always like what's your dream and I was like um, I don't have, I don't really have, I don't have a dream, like a dream. I was like, I have goals that I want to, and but the thing with goals is then I'll keep moving the goalposts and I want to keep moving the goalposts. So eventually I don't want to, I don't ever actually want to get to my dream. Cause I think once you get to your dream, then what? Like, whether well, you have to make a new dream up? The dream is if I like die happy, I don't know. But I just like to keep moving those goalposts, which I think we should all do because we keep moving them forward and that's all that really matters. Yeah, for sure. And acknowledging that, you know, life shifts and things change and movement happens. And that's so, that's such a healthy thing. You know, we're not going to be the same people yesterday that we are tomorrow in five years or in 10 years, you know. And I think we 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 don't have, things aren't so fixed. And yeah, and I think also just remembering that like your goals don't always have to be work oriented as well. It's important. Wow. Exactly, exactly, exactly. No, like for me, I'm going to try and lift a heavier weight. Like when I'm off the phone with you guys, you know, like these goals, they keep on climbing, you guys. Oh, well, it's been such a joy to have you on the show. Um, before we go, I don't know if there's anything that you want to tell our listeners about where to find you or like what you've got coming up. Yeah, I mean, I guess watch the space. I hate that. You know what? I hate when people are like, I've got stuff I can't talk about. Like the movie Hollywood stars who are like, I've got this secret thing that I can't tell you about. And you're like, all right, well then just don't bring it, don't bring it up. Like just don't bring it up. But I've got a couple of really lovely projects coming out in the next two to three weeks, which will be really lovely. Um, and everything I will socialize and put on my socials. And that's about it, really. I don't think I have. What are your socials? My socials are just my name, so they're just Basma Khalifa, at Basma Khalifa on pretty much everything. Twitter's there, I just don't use it because I'm really scared of it, but I use Instagram-ish. Um, so yeah, find me find me on there and um, you'll get to see all these little cute things that I've got coming out that I am actually very excited about. 
Lovely. Thank you so much. So lovely to talk to you. Thank you, guys. You guys are the dream. I think Basma is, what's the word for it when people are cut from the same, same cloth? Two birds of a feather? Birds of a feather, yeah. Yeah, birds of a feather. <laughs> um, in, in that we could relate very heavily to what she was saying about her approach to work. I think you were right when you said it was kind of, <laughs> in some ways, a little bit terrifying that for some black women and perhaps even for us that that is partially our reality this sort of seemingly never-ending um like need to keep moving and keep things going because if we do stop the consequences can be quite drastic in terms of the work we're able to pick up and we're quite lucky and and so I think if you yeah and if you like extrapolate that and you think about in the wider context of work and domestic and all of these things it's yeah it is it is I look at the black women in my life and I do think, I look at my mum, for example, and I think, my God, you truly never stop. It's never, it's never finished. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that actually like, my mum has always worked really hard at different points in her life, but she, from what I understand, and actually I'd, I'd love to have a conversation with her about this at some point. She has, she's very good at relaxing, my mum. I think that's the thing as you get older though, because I think I see with my, with my mum and parents and stuff as well, I think, people um people are even people who are a few years older than me like five years older than me they they and I'm not saying this is a generalized thing but I think that you do learn to to differentiate between your work life and letting people into that space non-stop and what is the personal and what is the family and I think we're yet to like fully learn that but I think we'll get there yeah I really hope so and like even today, yeah, I, I started out the day being like, I'm not going to take on any other freelance work for the whole of September because I've been so busy in August and it was horrible and I just want to chill. And I got an email and it was about like like interviewing someone for a cover. And of course I was like, yeah, sure, I'd love but to you've do gotta, that. But you've got to take it, you've got to do it. But this is what I mean, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. There are some things though when you're like, that is truly a cool opportunity and I and I, I actually do, I do want to do it this time around, do you know what I mean? So... I mean, Basma is someone that we can relate to. She's also just such a genuine, like, sweet, kind, caring person. And I think it was interesting, yeah, like you said, to hear about the ways in which, you know, pressure and expectation and all of these things. And I think, yeah, me and you were both looking at each other like, whoa. Yeah. And also, the other thing that I took from that is just a reminder to to speak to my parents at some point in more depth about, like race and childhood because of course like in the in the nature of of course in the in the line of both of our works like we probably have had conversations with our our mums and our dads about their their upbringings perhaps but I don't know if I've ever really sat down with both my parents and spoken to them about the things they maybe shielded me from while growing up if anything um and I I'd, I'd be interested to know if 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 they did have to do that and the ways in which they did that. Um, my mum told me about a time that I was at school and like this kid had basically like pushed me down the stairs and like they hadn't told my mum that I'd been like pushed down the stairs by this kid. And my mum was like, honestly, like I could have killed someone. And like the fact that you, as this little black girl in a school where there weren't that many little black girls, had been thrown down the stairs by another kid. She's like, are you telling me that they wouldn't have done something about it had you been white and blonde or something else? Anyway, there are these moments and these things that I just, I don't know, these have just left my memory. And I just think the mums are doing some sort of like, I don't know, (laughs) voodoo or like just something to protect you and to make sure that these things don't 
scar you or whatever as, as, as much as they can. And maybe, you know, I wouldn't have assumed that that was that, but I just, yeah, it's interesting. But anyway, that's a conversation for another time. For sure. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Yes, and you can find out more about Galdem on our website where you can also sign up to become a member and ensure that we can continue the vital work that we do in shifting, shaping, restructuring the journalism and media landscape. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.